Hello and welcome to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave, the movie talk show where each week one of us takes a movie off our shelf to present to the other, and then we share our thoughts with you, our listeners. This week we've got coming off of uh, my shelf, 1985's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Woo! Now Dave, I, I did want to acknowledge at the top that this movie was chosen uh, in some ways in honor of. Uh, a couple weeks past uh, we spoke about Robbie Robertson of yep. the band um, Friedkin. At the time, we didn't get it, uh, and William Friedkin exactly. Um, soon after that, that, we we uh, <laughs> we heard about uh, Paul Rubens, uh, yes. who's known uh, most famously, of course, as Pee Wee, and and uh, acknowledged his passing, and thought we'd uh, record this episode in sort of a special tribute, as it were, to uh, to Pee Wee Paul Rubens. Uh, Dave, uh, how you doing this week, my man? Pretty good, and, thanks. Uh, what are your initial feelings on the character, on the man, and uh, the movie? Do you have a history with it? Have you seen it before? A lot of questions in there, and I will uh, attack them one by one. First of all, I'm going to be a little bit easy on the film because as Paul Rubens, the man, I had no issues, no qualms with him. I just listened to uh, Conan's episode. I love Conan O'Brien's show. Uh, I just want to give him a shout-out, too. He... he Conan shouts us out, so I thought we shouted out his show as well. <laughs> he needs the listens. Yeah. He needs the listens. Yeah, he's hard up. Sense. He just had Martin Short on and uh, <laughs> Steve Martin. Great episode if you haven't listened to it. I love the that trio. They have a good time. Uh, so he, he just basically replayed uh, his his interview he had with uh, Paul Rubens. Uh, I, I want to say it was in 21 or 2022 in around there somewhere. He had a nice, candid conversation with Rubens, and it was nice. I, I, I was a, it was a entertaining episode. I think he, he, he was a, he was a very funny guy, very witty. Uh, Paul was. Uh, when it comes to Pee Wee himself, I don't have a lot of history with it. I had not seen this movie, and maybe have seen a handful of minutes of of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Thought this was actually afterwards. This, but this came first. So I really didn't know the timeline. Uh, any much history of it other than the existence of Pee Wee Herman and how unique of a character it was and and uh, quite an in- interesting uh, character. I was inter- curious to, to to watch the film and, and talk about the film, uh, the man, and everything uh, about it. So, and, and thanks for having me on the show, Phil. It's, uh, it's a great time of year. No Man's Sky just had a big update, but I still made time to have this conversation with you, and that's more important. <laughs> I... I suspect you started, hit the permadeath, and uh, decided, all right, let's just record then, forget it. Well, yeah, I just, actually, I just died they permi- like, right away. Yeah. It was permadeath, so, you know, that's it. Save, deleted. Yeah. Time to move on. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for punishment. Jay gives me a hard time. I love permadeath. You know me. I'm always starting over. I've started my fifth yep. MLB The Show League. Uh, I'm starting Constant a, tweaker. I'm a fantasy. I, I just started, did a fantasy draft, so I, I did the whole league. I added a few friends in there as players put myself in there uh, not as superstars but as uh, as up-and-comers just to make it more interesting and i just loved starting things i just have no finish at all <laughs> real problem yeah well your, your professors will appreciate that in school my first semester are a's after that it's uh <laughs> yeah see. No, I have I have the the warden here. Uh, she makes sure I'm on the on the hunter on the dean's list, uh, <laughs> making sure that uh, the dollar is being earned for sure. 
so Phil, yeah, uh, please, fair. if you don't mind, uh, why don't you share with me? I, I, again, I'm glad you uh, chose this so we'd have the opportunity to, t- to talk about him. Um, so I guess it's pretty obviously why you brought it up, but I guess we could have watched one of his other... I, I think he has maybe one other special. I think he had a Netflix special uh, back in 2016, I think. Well, you're right. Yeah, Netflix, uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. I saw that. I liked it okay. Uh, I also saw the sequel, as it were, uh, to this movie, Big Top Pee-wee, with a very young Benicio Del Toro. But I did not connect to that movie at all. What was really interesting to me about this character is, and particularly this movie, is in 85, 86, I just loved this movie. I thought it was genius. I loved everything about it. And on an offshoot of that, I was five or six, seven years old, so it was sort of right in the wheelhouse which one was it you can't be three ages then, at once well i'm not sure if i saw it in 85 or 86 and i would have been in 85 depending on when in 85 i was either four or five and then at 86 i was either six or seven <laughs> so i don't have a specific date you know my birthday is in april so it uh, could be either or okay that's... if you want to no i'm sorry i brought split it. some hairs <laughs> I'm sorry for even mentioning it so you're you're five six or seven or eight yeah when you watched it and uh, I loved it. And then on a, as an offshoot to that, I went to Pee-wee's Playhouse, which I just adored as well. And I saw Big Top, and I was like, I'm not into this anymore. And I didn't really give a whole lot of thought to it and that character and that actor much. And then in 92, uh, Rubens was in Batman Returns as... Uh, the penguin's dad and i remember that was a bit of a thing because there was oh. some controversy around his personal life uh, yeah but i remember thinking oh that's kind of a cool at that point i was a little older maybe a little bit more reading of the the movie magazines or whatever else so at that point it was interesting to have the re- reunion as it were of tim burton and uh Big, uh peewee uh, herman uh, paul rubin so as a character, I was really like very big and very much a part of the zeitgeist from like 85, mine anyway, from like 85 to 89. And then kind of disappeared uh, for the most part out of my consciousness. Yeah, but it, it made such an indelible mark in that length of time that, and as you said, I think even if you don't know the character, or sorry, if you've, ever, if you've never seen the movie or never seen the show, I think if someone says Pee Wee Herman, there is a cultural understanding of what that character is, what he looks like, what he sounds like. And maybe I'm mistaken, but it felt like Pee-wee, even though I was only sort of a fan and a fairly big fan for those five-ish, uh, five or six years, mm-hmm. that the cultural impact was felt long beyond that. So in 96, 7, 8, yeah. or 2005, 6, you know, whatever. It just felt like you could say Pee-wee, even though he hadn't had a show on in years and years sure. and years, maybe even a decade, People still knew who he was. I would say at least North America, memories. at the very least. I don't know overseas. Of I'm sure they're still impactful worldwide, but I think, inarguably, in in North America, there's probably very few people who would not have heard of him, if any. Yeah, maybe up north. Exactly. So I thought that was yeah, maybe <laughs> Saskatchewan or North <laughs> Flin Flon, Manitoba, maybe uh, those places in tough, Canada. Tough to say. <laughs> But yeah, he left his mark. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, a real big deal. It was just interesting. And so when the Netflix show got announced in 2016, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't seen a Pee Wee thing, anything really, in a long, long time. So it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. So it felt, uh, A, it was appropriate to the time. 
and B, uh, it got me a chance to watch a movie that I probably haven't watched in over, you know, maybe 30 years, 25 Ooh, years. Wow. Um, yeah, it's not too often we bring a one off the shelf that's been that long. Now, we've had some that maybe have been 15 years or 20 years, but I don't know if we've hit the old 30 mark since the last viewing of a movie. Yeah, it's tough to say. Yeah, it is tough to say. We'd have to tough look to back. Say, but We'd this, have to look back. That's right. We'd have to check the archives, which you can do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's interesting that uh, the movie gets to kind of rekindle what it was like for me to be a young kid and, and, and sort of marvel at what this movie was. And it also has the benefit of being Danny Elfman's first film score uh, and Tim Burton's first movie. So mm-hmm. even though the character of Pee-wee existed in my mind for only a few years, the Tim Burton connection i was a fan of all of his movies really up until planet of the apes which we spoke about in our uh, <laughs> batman episode as well as our uh, big fish episode you spoke ill of uh yes 100 percent. i think that movie is terrible and he pretty much almost every movie except for big fish afterwards i think is kind of bad so well. it's it was nice to rekindle to 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 this tim burton sort of all imagination all creativity and then danny elfman who has a tendency sometimes to have scores that kind of bleed into one another it was nice to watch the first iteration yeah. of mm-hmm. his uh, his film uh, scoring so all of these things i thought what a it was it was a great opportunity to kind of revisit uh, all of these early days of those filmmakers as well as my own interesting i didn't realize and forgive me phil for my ignorance uh it, or don't forgive me it's just reality is i didn't realize it was a tim burton film at all. I, I, wow. until, well, it's until like I the watched the third it. title card. Well, yeah. Well, no. Once I put the movie in, and it's like, oh, this is a Tim Burton. But I didn't know beforehand. I didn't put that connection together. I did see some similarities with with Big Fish, and uh, I, I'm well aware of Danny Elfman, and he does work with Burton, so that doesn't surprise me. So it's uh, it made sense once it came up. I just I just didn't know beforehand. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Okay, sorry. I'm not a complete I thought you idiot. as you watched it, and I thought <laughs> no. you must have been watching it with your eyes closed because so much yeah. of this movie yeah, feels through. like it's so Tim Burtonly. <laughs> yeah, is this a Burton film? Uh, three quarter. Yeah, this might be. Yeah, yeah, is it? Let me check the the uh, the, the box here. Uh, yeah, let me let me research a little bit because I'm not sure. I streamed it on Crave, so it was available. So that was that was wonderful. wonderful. I didn't have to dig too far. It was on. Uh, Prime as a, a premium like, subscription, so I had to rent it. Even though I have Prime, it's on Prime. You know how I feel about that. Uh, but luckily, it was available on Cra- Crave, so I was able to give it just not one, but a, a couple of watches. Because I like to do my due Wonderful. diligence, as I always do. And uh, yeah, and um, it's quite interesting. I'm really curious. Uh, you don't have to tell me now, but at some point, how your experience was different. Watching it now, now we all we definitely are aware of the nostalgia and the, all the reboots and remakes and 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 things like that. Him having something in 2016 doesn't surprise me because that's the last ten, 10 years or so, give or take. We're bringing everything back. Uh, I'm excited. You know, there's a Twisted Metal show. Speaking of nostalgia, yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be any. Yep. Good. It's got Nev Campbell in it, so Probably it might be not. worth watching. Maybe. Like to support the. Uh, I think that's the first time anybody has ever said those things. <laughs> probably, <laughs> you're probably might right. be worth watching because old Nev Campbell's in it. <laughs> hey, I like to support uh, the Canadians, the Montreal oh, yeah, Canadians, sure. I mean, and the Canadian actors. She's fine. She's Great. a perfectly fine actor. I just, I think it's, it's funny that I don't think she's like 
selling the show to well certainly not to uh, me anyway. I think she sold uh, what was that uh, that that um, one with uh, Dylan in it uh, Wild Things she in Wild Things oh she did not sell that at all oh okay well that's all about Den- Denise Richards I would say <laughs> you went you went there for Nev I went there for Nev I'm one of the, the, the okay, small right. population bold. that went there for Nev I don't know I don't like Denise Richards I don't think she uh, who she hangs out with. Charlie Sheen was a good choice. Uh, no, I was actually there for for Matt Dillon. So, oh, uh, of course, sure. But we're here for Pee Wee. Something for, about Mary. For, for, yeah, great movie. Paul Rubens, uh, Tim Burton, I guess to a lesser extent. I mean, we just visited Big Fish, as you said. Uh, we will get to Planet of the Apes because I feel like I need to bring a Burton film out, and it's the only one I own. So, sorry in advance. Uh, I'll hold off as long as I can. Uh, so at least doing a Burton this week can hold that off. We can don't need to do one for a little while. So you're you're safe for now. Uh, but if you can sort of touch on your your initial thoughts of, of rewatching it after thirty plus years. Well, you know I'm I've I've been good at tapping into as best I can anyway, uh, reconnecting to who I was at any kind of particular time when I watched movies. It has uh, movies have that kind of ability, mm-hmm. and. This was one where I felt the same. So I remember when I was younger, as I said, I just loved everything about it. I loved the, in particular, the the things that stuck with me were things like the Rube Goldberg machine at the beginning. Uh, not the dream sequence, but rather the actual, like the kitchen and so forth. And Yes, okay. As, a, as, as, as I don't remember all the specifics of it, but I remember just being obsessed with it as a child, thinking like this would be the coolest way to wake up. And the way the breakfast was, you know, created and so forth, it made me think a little bit of uh, Back to the Future uh, with yes, uh, Doc. Which, which is funny uh, because it was both 1985, so 85 exactly. was, was a big year for breakfast automation. So yes, exactly, <laughs> leaps and bounds in 1985. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't remember. Like I said, when I was watching it this time, I didn't remember the specifics, but I remembered as it was unfolding, like. That I was just completely obsessed with this at, 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 when I was a kid, Ooh, and obsession wanted obsession level. Okay, everything, everything. I wanted everything in my life to be like this. I thought, like, how cool would this be at breakfast or at dinner? Anything, anything. Uh, it, I was impressed by. So I can see that. So I was able to get kind of right back into that mindset when I watched it. Now there were times, generally speaking, where this movie kind of left me a little bit like, okay, you know, I get it. Um, and other times I was able to kind of remember, oh yeah, yeah, no, when I was a kid, I really loved it. And so, uh, I still kind of like it. I can never kind of go from, I loved it 30 years ago to, I hate it now. Right. So it's like, it's always going to have a little bit of a thread of enjoyment or pleasure or joy even, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So even at the moments of this movie, I felt we're like, "Ah, I get it. Uh, I was able to still kind of connect to it and, and find the humor in it and find the joy in it. So uh, generally speaking, I, I thought, you know, it's very much a movie that is aimed at children, certainly. Yes, clearly. Uh, at, at first. Uh, mm. But I think some of the messaging or some of the other stuff in it does uh, maybe transcend that a little bit. And it's maybe a little... No, I think uh, you're right. A bit of Maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I think some of that stuff expands and extends into a, a more kind of, for lack of a better term, culturally relevant adult theme kind of situation. Absolutely. I think you're right on both accounts. I think uh, this movie it definitely feels like it was geared for kids, but there's something in it. Now, if I was going to sum up this movie with one word like I did weeks ago, 
I wouldn't call it sweet. <laughs> I would probably use the word demented, <laughs> but in the nicest possible yeah, way. Okay. <laughs> in a nice way, sure. if I can. Uh, I'm half kidding, but it's a, a film that, uh, I mean, being having watched it for the first time, it's certainly a different experience. You read people talking about, oh, I love this movie. I love it today. I loved it then. So there are people out there that it's, it's loved it as a kid, love it now. I don't really see how that's possible, but I guess maybe I'm just jealous that they're they're able to, like you said, you can take yourself back there to a certain extent, maybe not all the way, uh, but some people can somehow <laughs> access that part of the brain, completely be five, six, or seven years old, uh, again, when they're 48, but uh, kudos, to, kudos to them. So it, it's interesting watching it for the first time, so I can certainly see the attraction to it, uh, the film. But I mean, I was very, my exposure to, to Pee Wee is very limited. And I feel like my mom, and I don't, and it's, that's perfectly fine. She's like, you're not watching this crap. There's no way <laughs> that I'm going to expose you to this. And I just know my mom's sense of humor, like what, uh-huh. what she thinks is good and what. And I just know she wouldn't like this. She, married with children. There's just a Seinfeld even, <laughs> which I love to the, my favorite show. So we clearly well, don't see, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't see eye to eye on her, on, on comedy, but I definitely see why she didn't want me watching it. And for, for right or wrong, I don't think there's, I'm not worse off for probably not, for not seeing it. I don't think. Um, I can watch whatever I want now. <laughs> I'm out of the house, Phil, so I can I can watch it now. And uh, well, you got the warden still, just a different. Yeah, one. that's true. She did. Uh, my wife did not watch this movie. More of a just a time uh, constraint. Uh, we've of been course. both incredibly busy lately, so I just got this watch it on myself a couple of times in the evening. So uh, I tell you, it's uh, and I was curious. I'm uh, really curious of of what your thoughts of of going back, and that's sort of where, where I thought you would land. He's like, yeah, I remember some things when I was a kid. Like, I like this part. I like that part. But I'm thinking there are some situations where it's, uh, you know, there's some nod potential possibly for Phil. I don't know. But I think it might be enough for him at least to very keep his attention because to honor your own childhood, you're going to like, I'm going to watch it without the nod. Am I right in saying that? Uh, you know, like I, t- like I told you before, I- I've been in a no nod situation when I watch these movies, uh, with the exception of uh, the last one we recorded, uh, which was a... Uh, fucking disaster of a movie uh, <laughs> which and, we haven't released uh, yet they're in for a real treat when, when, when that one launches a, it, uh it's impossible uh to, to, to not <laughs> nod in that movie i defy anybody i think I harrison do, ford yeah. nodded at some point <laughs> but uh, uh anyway yeah no there was not a problem with this i i like i said and it wasn't just that it was reconnecting to the past it was i was enjoying what i was watching i thought that there were okay I think this movie is entertaining. I think it's funny. I think it's good. And, and I think it's silly and goofy in, in the right ways. And uh, it, what it does, I think it does well. It, it's not achieving or trying to achieve anything beyond what it what it does. But the humor, yes. I think, is is both childlike and wondrous. And yet, uh, sometimes, anyway, a little sophisticated and clever. And so the fact that it runs these things, it's also stylistically fairly episodic. So it yes, lends itself much. well to to scenes and sequences, uh, which mm-hmm. flow together, you know, pretty seamlessly. It's got the benefit of an amazing score. It's got the benefit of a film director kind of sowing his oats and really kind of getting a sense. And when you watch it through that prism of Tim Burton, you really see like right from the gate, this guy has got a visual style, an artistic uh, imagination, and a zeal for things that are unique and 
uh, somewhat uh, off the beaten path. And uh, yeah, all say. of those things mean to me, it's a very, it's not about entirely about rekindling or tapping into some only feelings from the past. It is acknowledging that this movie can exist in both timelines from a time when I saw it as a young, young mm. boy. Yes. Marveling at some of the funny, cool bits of information or, or, or presentation. Mm-hmm. And now 30 plus years later, recognizing the artistry in it. I was really curious to, I was well wondering whose mind this came from. Whose imagination is this? Is it Burton's? Is it Rubens? Is it Phil Hartman? Because it wouldn't surprise it me. It could be Phil Hartman. Uh, <laughs> because when you when you look at it through through the eyes of an adult, you see a person with I. This is what I see, and this is interesting, Phil, because I I didn't find the movie incredibly entertaining. There were some moments, some some segments, like you said, it's very episodic, and there's some of those yeah. epi- uh, sections where I'm like, oh yeah, I like this. This is um, funny or it's entertaining. And there were some like, ah, this is not as entertaining as, as something else. But what sure. I what I get the sense of is who who created this. I could I could relate to that brain, you know, and it's not okay. necessarily a good thing. But <laughs> but <laughs> I I got the sense this is someone who is dealing with demons, uh, who's dealing with oh, with, with uh, some childhood issues uh, to a certain degree. Uh, I, I went a whole other layer, Phil. I went deep on this one psychologically, because I I get a sense of there's something there, and then when you when you see the when you think about comedians like Phil Hartman and 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 Rubens, and typically what comes along with that is that sort of personality, is those those things inside them that they have to get out or or, or deal with. They are dealing with something, and they're dealing with it through comedy. This is how they cope. So I got a sense of that. Mm-hmm. Whoever, whoever's mind this came from, there's something there. And I, I, I sort of connected to that just as much as I just connected to it as a, a movie that's supposed to be entertaining, which, which again, what were the, it is. What, I'm curious what your what 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 did you, what specifically, if you can name it, did you feel was some indi- indications of that, or was it just the overall vibe of it? Was there anything specific that you were it, like, ooh, this is dark or interesting, or it was generally something? About something? Just certain vibes. I mean, I think his relationship with Dottie was was. Mm, the, yeah. I think there's something there that you could really, you know, dig into if if you wanted to. Sure. Uh, He's a loner. And, and, <laughs> and yeah, the yeah, just like like he actually got pretty dark for a brief moment, like like at that in that instance where he's in the shop. And yeah. He has that moment like I, you don't want to be with me. Like you know, there's like oh that's that's somebody that's Rubens that's Hartman that's somebody right there. Uh, that's the yeah, impression sure. I got, and like I've read, I've read Jim Carrey's book, and there's a lot of that in there as well. And if I was so bold, here I go again with my boldness, to as as unique as this character is, if I was going to put him in a group, I would put Jim Carrey and Mr. Bean <laughs> with Pee Wee, <laughs> the three people, <laughs> uh, very different in, in 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 a lot of different in a lot of ways, but similar in some. I think there's some connective tissue between the three of them. I feel he's some, you know, related to Mr. Bean and some distant cousin or something. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I, I got a sense of that. I've not seen Mr. Bean, so I don't know. And I got a sense of it when he's with uh, J- Judd Ullman. You know, I got some some okay. interesting vibes. I mean, I did find that section entertaining as well and, and some funny in some spots. But 
I, I think movies like this, they are, yes, geared towards kids, but I think there's, uh, I don't know what the word is, overtones or oh, like an, um, you probably have a better word. You're better with words or undercurrent maybe might be a better word. Yeah, sure. Over, yeah, under. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. uh, and I think that's very common even in like animated movies. I think there's something there for adults that you could really, the like, kids won't get, right? It's like, oh, I get it. I'm an adult. I get what they're doing there. There's, you know, they're doing something. Like, yeah, that's that's what I got from it anyway. So I I, I, uh, I thought that was interesting. So I, I, I appreciated the watch just to kind of get a taste of the of whoever's mind this is. Because, I mean, we've seen Burton. He clearly has an imagination. But he's more of that dream yes. sequence sort of thing. So the dream sequence is, okay, yeah. yeah, this is definitely some big fish in here. And I can tell where he's what he did in Big Fish, how he's kind of grown since this to Big Fish and how his imagination has sort of changed. And obviously uh, special effects and CGI have, have changed over the years, of course, from 85 to, you know, 2000. Well, I'm not sure. Big Fish was what, late 90s? Or was it or 2000s? It was, Forgive it me. was um, yeah, mid-2000s. Okay. So um, I don't know if But I think be... there, is, there is something about, uh, you know, I don't know about the darkness. I mean, obviously there's some of those scenes that, that are, uh, the character, as you say, is like the loner and tinged in that. And there's a couple moments where he's clearly kind of gone a little bit maniacal and crazy. So it's a, as I said, when you're a kid, you're just uh, eating up the visual flair of it, perhaps, without thinking mm-hmm. about the uh, undertones, as you say. Um, yeah. I think that's like all evident clown. in the movie. As, yeah, sure. Sure, absolutely. And I think that uh, the movie kind of exploits that. As far as whose imagination it is, I think it's the character and everything about it is very much Paul Rubens. And uh, I suppose Phil Hartman, to a certain extent, is the writer or co-writer of the movie. Uh, but it's like all the visualization or how to achieve those ideas is very much Burton, as you say. There, there's it's a it's a perfect kind of symbiotic relationship, it seems, because yeah, it seems like a trifecta uh, there. Yeah, it just feels perfectly aligned that Pee Wee slash Paul Rubens would connect with Tim Burton to make this movie. It just feels, uh, and then if you watch Pee Wee uh, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, those elements though had nothing to do with Tim Burton, taking elements from the movie and creating new ideas, to me, tells me that it's a Paul Rubens uh, origin that Burton sort of added his his, uh, his flair. particular luster to. Yeah. Now, you watched, so the, that, um, you watched the show? Like, regularly? Like, you watched every episode? Yeah, when I was younger, thing? absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The Word of the Day and uh, Jambi the Genie. I remember uh, there was a chair. Fact, Wasn't there a talk, uh, some sort of talking yeah, chair? Yeah, yeah, cherry, cherry, of course. Was it cherry? Okay, <laughs> it was cherry. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, it was great. It was great, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Fishburne was there, and uh, Jambi. I mean, that that's so far. I mean, my brother and I still call people Jambi. So, uh, and we don't really know why, other than it just sort of stuck from from uh, <laughs> that that show. Uh, we just well, think if Jambi? you're being kind of an idiot. You're called a Jambi. Jambi the genie. Mekaleki hi, Mekahani ho. Okay. Uh, all things that from a show that I haven't watched in, in you know, 30 plus years, they just, you know, some of these things, they etch in your, they stick. In your yeah. brain. And, and this, this is one of them. And I know you are, but what am I? That's my name. Don't wear it out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. These, these didn't originate from Pee Wee Herman. He's just using them. Is that correct? Uh, that is my understanding, yes. Okay. Because I, like, I, I feel like I would know if he was the the origin origin story of these sayings. Because we grew up with these sayings. I know you are, but what am I? Uh, and then copying yep. everything that you're saying. I'm like, there's no way. This must have been probably way in the 50s or 60s where the, 
where all that stuff begun and he's just using it and, and kind of putting on his funny little twist using his his voice is at different pitches if you will of his uh of his voice box he likes to play around with that a little bit yeah i would say that uh, nobody's ever deployed that better than uh peewee herman yeah i guess I so are, yeah he he uh, perfected yeah. it i guess as annoying as yeah. it could be now one thing i will say is um i was worried that i'm like am i gonna find this guy annoying like he's obnoxious at points in time and uh-huh. i'm thinking and I and I and I can honestly say I, I've made a decision. Is although I, I I can't say I like I loved the movie or thought he was uh, it was a, a great fun character, especially as a forty five year old man. As I saw if I saw it when I was like five or six, obviously I would have had a different a completely different experience and a different experience of because of that watching it now. But I will say that I it, it, he never irritated me. He never like oh god this guy's too much or like oh my god this is dumb. So I never I never felt that. And I can see that how some people would, possibly, not because this isn't this is this character isn't clearly for everybody. I think that's pretty safe to say. And I am one of those few that's like, you know what? I'm in the middle somewhere. I kind of I appreciate what he's trying to do and where it's coming from, and some of the funny moments and some of the jokes. So I, though I don't love him, I don't I didn't find him irritating, as some may have. Yeah, I think that's what makes this uh, character so interesting is, particularly in the movie, uh, regardless of, of uh, you know, the human uh, you know, audience or what have you, uh, that no point in the movie is he considered weird or uh, awkward or yes, with his annoying peers. or yeah. anything, right? Everybody around him. Chicks recognizes he's not <laughs> he's not a, a, a he's not a butt of almost any joke in the movie right he's That's he true, is yeah. just who he is and i think that that is when i talked about some larger themes or deeper things to think about when you're a kid you just think well yeah we're just the weird ones and and he's just this weird guy look at he's got makeup on and, and whatever this outfit so forth if mm-hmm. you if you don't look any deeper you're just like oh this guy's just a just a you know he's, he's nuts but Nobody in the movie thinks he's nuts or crazy or anything like that. He goes, he's, he's himself, he, his neighbor is welcoming, and he's going to water his lawn the most obnoxious <laughs> way you can water a lawn. Yes. But it doesn't matter. The guy's just like, oh, hey, thanks for the heads up. I'm going to lock my window and, and wave. Yeah, common you know, courtesy. A, a, everybody yeah. he meets, everybody mm-hmm. he meets along the way is courteous to him, has no real issues with, it never mentioned how he looks or what he says or how sort of infantile he kind of is acting. Um, I... Really, in hindsight, you know things like that. I didn't really probably pay any attention to as a young person, but as I'm watching it now, I'm impressed by that. I think it's it's a bold kind of choices to make this really potentially obnoxious character be completely endearing to everybody around him. Even yes. even Francis, who uh, <laughs> is my candidate for Francis. Um, <laughs> Is uh, is not, you know, they're not friends necessarily, but yeah. they're also not enemies. He kind of envies them, right? He he, yeah. he wants what he has, so he it isn't bike, a of course. It's a hell of a bike. Any of those, exactly. Any of those movies would have said, "You're the outcast, and I'm the rich guy, and you're a piece of garbage as a result." And then that's mm-hmm. the movie's conflict. But this movie isn't interested in that conflict at all. Yes, and I think I like that that. that's to its credit. It doesn't mm-hmm. have. Uh, it isn't about Pee Wee rising above adversity, or, or at least from from somebody else. It's not about putting down. It's not about accepting him for being a weirdo, as it were. He's just him, and and the movie's plot has nothing to do with 
this bizarre character inside or outside of the movie. And I think that is a testament to, you know, we talked about the imagination and whose whose brain it comes from. I think those things are directly from Paul Rubens. I think that mm-hmm. character creation and writing and creating a whole movie where it isn't about that, I think is probably more indicative of, of his vision as opposed to Tim Burton, who finds ingenious ways to put fun things on the screen. I yeah, don't think they, at this juncture that's the stuff he's concerned about. And that's very interesting. Like I, I, I obviously knew that. I got that. Like he's not the weird one, which is funny because we just had watched Angus. So it's a kind of an interesting contrast uh, with that because Absolutely. here you have a guy uh, trying to fit in, and everybody else trying, you know, trying to be normal. And here you have a guy whose all surroundings are accepting him, other than Andy, Simone's boyfriend. That's the only probably. Of <laughs> That guy, the big. But old. doesn't accept him not because he's some weirdo, but because he's like a yeah, threat. He's after his, and so yeah, a, he's after to his create girl. a world, exactly. But to create a world where a person like Pee Wee Herman, with all of the accoutrement that is Pee Wee, is a threat to a hulking Frenchman. You know what I mean? Like it feels like that in and of itself is fairly subversive. Like oh, don't yeah. leave your girlfriend alone with Pee Wee, and <laughs> there's somebody that can look at him and just go. Well, this guy's like this guy's a joke, right? But not in the movie, yeah. he's not. And I think that's that's a powerful message. And I think I think that's why it, it I would approve it as a parent, potentially, for a kid because it kind of shows that it's okay to be yourself, to be weird, and it doesn't mean that people won't like you. So I think there is a a, a positive message with. With them doing it in this manner, where he is just he's the he's the normal just as normal as anybody else, and you have like jocks that are his yep. buddies, you have yeah. a couple cuties the kids I would, the, uh, on the bikes, the girls, yeah. yep, yeah, they're not you know they're good looking uh, gals generally, and he has you know and, everybody's willing to go to his basement. I think that was his basement. I'm not sure. I don't know the layout. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to you know, obviously. They respect them enough to, uh, you know, to be there and spend three, three hours listening to him go on about. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know. <laughs> he has a point somewhere in there. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's interesting, and I, I do like that about the movie because I think that's, uh, I think it's a positive uh, message for for everybody and something that's a little bit different than maybe, you know, that we were accustomed to. I would say. I think it's an interesting com- comparison you made to Angus because that is a movie that is all about identity and all about fitting in and all about mm-hmm. being outcast because you're different. And the plot of that movie is that, right? Which is fairly traditional plotting, which we talked about even in the episode, right? It's nothing is all that unique about a character being an outcast and then eventually rising to be an in-cast, right? And yet this movie is the diametrically opposed to that principle, which just says, here's a guy However weird he may be, he's our guy. He's just the guy we we and we believe that everybody around him likes him, and he's a friendly guy and whatever else. So I think it's really a powerful way and to bring the character into the movie with uh, the Tour de France and the sort of dream sequence. I thought was a was a clever way to show right away the surreality of what this movie is going to be by having the Tour de France be obviously it's a you know, the Iron Man kind of event and it takes forever and so forth. And then this guy on this bike looking the way he does to win the thing, there is a, okay, we're in for a bit of a farce here. It's obviously a bit of a kid's movie. 
And I thought a great introduction with great score. Uh, but for me, it really, the movie really kind of begins with the wake up scene and the, the roll up sheet, which I loved like a, like Wish a blind one. Yeah. I would love that. And then from the, the bunny slippers to playing with your toys when you first wake up to uh, the the pole. I remember thinking, I wish I had a pole because Ghostbusters, which also came out in 1985, has got the firehouse oh, yeah. uh, pole. A lot of poles, which, yeah, uh, 80s poles. Which I thought was kind of fun. If I, you know, How amazing would that be to have it in your bedroom? And then obviously the breakfast sequence we <laughs> talked about and Mr. T cereal, which I which I have or had, sorry. Yeah. And uh, uh, okay. so all of that sort of first 15 or 10 minutes of it, I should say, I just was like, I'm in love with this. And then when I watched it again this time, it was just like, God, I just think that it's so ingenious and such a great way to introduce the character in this sort of world of whimsy that we're creating and not too dissimilar to Doc Brown and that introduction in Back to the Future. So I thought uh, it's a it's a great way to get the movie started, I thought. I thought it was a good tone setter. The, the bike, the Tour de France, just to, yep. to set it up. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably a dream. But, I mean, that's what – well, Tim Burton does that well. Now, that's not yes. – nothing really spectacular happens in this particular sequence. I think it was more just to set up what kind of movie this was going to be. And like you said, he gets up. That uh, he's got the oversized toothbrush. He has an oversized yeah. uh, knife for the butter. He's talking yep. to things. Uh, he's a kid, right? And I think you really can't go into this movie with not realizing that this who the who is the audience main audience is and his kids. Yes. Because if you don't realize that, you're gonna think this guy's a bit of a creep or just weird. Like this, like what's this sure. guy doing? He's a grown man putting slippers yep. on and doing all these things. So you really have to just allow yourself to like open your mind up and you know even as an adult access the kid in you like you like yep. you're able to because you had lived it so it was easier because the connection was already there. But there's nothing stopping us really for taking a couple hour, hours out of your day in your 30s or 40s. You know, I'm just going to be a kid again. Like what what real, what real harm is that? to do that, to allow yourself just to forget about your 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 day-to-day worries, forget about the, the bills you got to pay, I got to get up for work, I got to this and that, hydro and the gas bill, Phil, it goes on and on, uh, I got to, you know, edit podcasts and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> the, the, the day in, day out stuff, <laughs> yeah. and just, you know, forget about it all, just be a kid for a while, and I think, and I appreciate that about the movie, and I, I, I accept that for, for what it is, so I didn't, I didn't, personally have that issue i did i know i'm just reading a lot of reviews i was just curious because i feel like this is something that could really go for a lot of people either way so it's not one of those oh yeah it's pretty good that's it yeah pretty good film and move on from that it's like no well this could be construed in different ways if someone wanted to if they're not in the right frame of mind so i think i think you owe it to the to the movie to its creators because i think they're very imaginative very creative very talented to um allow yourself to put yourself in that mindset personally yeah i think so i mean that's ultimately as i've mentioned before i mean i do that with all movies all the time i really try and go in with this blankest of slates to try and appreciate them at whatever level that they're kind of trying to be as it were and yeah, like it's uh, intention this, like you like you say it's intention yeah. is for him to not to be popular to be accepted as he is that's the intention of of one of, one of the many intentions of the movie which is good 
Yes. So I, I like that. And I think, uh, you know, it's also got a little bit of a subversion right away when he, he gets his fortune and <laughs> it reads, uh, don't leave the house today. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is just a, it's like, obviously it's a little portent for the plot, what little of it there is, but there's also just something a little dark about getting that as your fortune, like, and how he just ignores yeah. it because there is this sort of, uh, whimsy to it, as I said, where it doesn't matter that there's darkness around, let's say. He's just like, I'm going to do my thing. And then we get the sort of reveal of the bike. And as a kid, man, I would I would have killed for that bike. She, she uh, is I wasn't a even much of a biker, but it just looks like such a cool, fun thing. I mean, I was more of a BMX guy, so sure. I didn't quite have Fair. that, you know. Uh, but I, I do love the intro to it. Like it's yeah, they I, just, really, I like the idea that there was like a play it up. Like yeah. I just love the the mystery of it. I love there's little code you have to plug in, and it has a the secret trap door and stuff. You know, there's a movie Clue which I love, which has got mm -hmm. you know secret passageways between rooms and this and that. When I was a kid, that was like the, I would just have have died for that kind of. Uh, there was a period of time where my ex and I were dreaming. You know, blue sky. You know, money's no object. Life is you know on a, on a plate. If we could design a dream house. One of the things we would have to build into it would be secret passageways uh, mm -hmm. to, yeah, in between rooms. Just, yeah, we just thought, like, how cool would that be <laughs> to be able to kind of exit from one room and go through the kitchen in a weird way and, like, creep out house guests and stuff? It's would, a little dorky, cool. but we were like, there's no, when there's no limit to the imagination and to the, and to the finances, it's like, how cool oh, would yeah. it be? You know, this was. Uh, Absolutely. And this was that kind of thing where we'd have like a little code or pull the, you know, where I was going to house my, uh, you know, the dream like arcade. There would be, you know, shelving DVDs, but you pull one out and then the whole bookshelf kind of opens to reveal this other room. Little things like that. And this, this, I think I used to, I, I still kind of equate most of that to Clue, but there's a piece as I'm watching this movie where I think there's parts of this movie that are in that as well. Yes. It may not be secret compartments, but it is a bit of a the house as a not a playground, but as an imagination playhouse, as little ways to have fun. And if you had that house, Phil, you could hire a maid named Mrs. White. Absolutely, she was the maid. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I used, I used to love playing the... Clue. Now I'm not going to get into it, Phil, because I know one of these days you're going to bring it off the shelf. One hundred percent. It's going to happen. It's on. It's list. on my shelf too, gathering a lot of dust. But it's <laughs> you should get you should get Mrs. White to to, to take care of it. Uh, but yeah, I at least love that too. It was one of the I bought that uh, for the Super Nintendo when they released the uh, uh, a Super Nintendo version of that game. I, I loved playing it. Uh, mm. It's a lot of fun. So of fun. I just I like that stuff. It really kind of sets the tone right away. Again, we've we've already got the fantasy as you say with the introduction of the house and stuff. But now you get the bike, and this is ultimately the whole. Yeah, the, the whole plot. plot. Francis indicates, "Hey, I love this bike. I want it." And it's got really one of my favorite lines that I that I can remember in recent times is where Francis is trying to negotiate to get this bike <laughs> and he says, "Come on, Pee-wee, listen, listen to reason." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just genius. Yeah, it's <laughs> he funny. Then because it's both adult funny but also childlike in expression. Yes, like good delivery. It, there's something really, really funny about that whole sequence. I just love it. The, I know you are, but what am I? Back and forth, back and forth. So it's all childlike, but there's a sense of humor to it that is adult. And I think that that is the magic that this movie has. And it's uh, it's really on a showcase right there. 
That's probably because one the, of my favorite scenes, actually. I'm in the, the first 15, buddy. I'm there. Uh, yeah. I love I love the the introduction. The bike was kind of was neat. And then when he runs into Francis, I think he was, I, I recognize him. I think he portrayed that character really well. Oh, I so good. Was, uh, little Andy Richter in there, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it looks like him. Uh, yep. It's funny, and uh, yeah, and the whole plot is about this bike. I do like the fact that they don't put a lot of emphasis emphasis on the plot. Uh, yeah, it's keep it simple and how ha- and then have some fun. And I think this is the first, outside of the the initial sort of playhouse, you know, wake up, have breakfast sort of thing. Uh, this is the more or less the first uh, interaction with another character, another human. Yep. And it, I think it yep. starts off uh, on the right foot, and that that I knew that was the moment that you were gonna what you were talking about. I'm listening, listening to, reason. to reason. It's hilarious because that's comedy that I like, and yeah. so I really well, I wanted more of it. There was, it, it was sprinkled throughout here and there. I would have loved more of it because that's just right up my alley. So, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. I like the sense of humor that happens when he's on the way to the mall. He kind of gets his bike. He's on the way. And he's doing all the tricks with the BMX. Speaking of BMX, you know, your boys. He's doing yep. all these tricks. And then he just crashes. Which, <laughs> again, there's something about... He's the hero of the movie, right? So there's a sort of a belief system that he would just be doing... He would just be a success. And yet, here he is. And he reacts like a child. Which is, I meant to do that. And then kind of scurries away. And there's just something about the dichotomy between... just the, What we would expect from a lead character... Mm-hmm. And the subversion of that with a silly joke and then the reaction often of that as a child. And there's, I can't define it, but there's something about the sort of the way and all of that comes together in these scenes, I think is really both endearing and really kind of smart and clever. And I, I really, even something as silly as, you know, when he gets to the mall and he's, he's locking up the his chains. Butt. The yeah, chain. The cha- like, yeah, that's a that's funny, hilarious. silly, dumb, yeah. hilarious, smart joke. You know, it's just it covers all the bases. It really does. I appreciate that. I mean, I really, I really got into this movie um, in the first like twenty minutes, half hour. I thought it was all pretty, you know, jokey and 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 childlike. Yet something and something I could watch. Something as a first time yeah. viewer not tapping into sort of any childhood experience like oh no I, I, I like that that's good that's that's good writing phil hartman boom yeah yeah i yeah, nailed it <laughs> uh i like that i i enjoy the scene in the again because i used to love going into magic shops and just like do yeah. you want this do you want this and he's just playing with everything he's such a tactile which is like a toddler almost you know you just pick up something you play for a little bit you go around uh yeah. the big ears or 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 the and then he asks finally for the trick gum uh, which is again set yeah. up some payoffs, real, which I really like. Yeah, real seed planter right there. A real seed planter yep. that scene, absolutely, absolutely. And I like that he when he's bumping into Dottie, or uh, I think it actually might be the kids. But he he talks about how what is he, you know what's his bike doing, and he says I can't tell you it's James Bond stuff, which again ends up coming coming back much much later. So the movie is not it's not a it's not a um, oh yeah it's not it's it's not by chance that it that. The movie is as I think clever and and well done as it as it is. These things, it is a even though there's no plot, the story is very well considered and thought out, and the writing is very strong because something as subtle as that in the beginning doesn't make any sense, and then by the end you're like, oh yeah, okay, he's got all the tricks and gadgets of a James Bond movie. Yeah, I didn't, actually didn't even quite uh, 
get that kind of linking it to the very end <laughs> of the film. And I've I never even seen something. a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not yet. That's the I, scene where he gets a little bit dark with Dottie. That was that was the scene I was yeah, alluding to. That's what he talks about. Yeah, like I'm a rebel. You don't want to get too close to me. And yeah. I I like that as well because uh, he's so likable throughout the rest of the movie. He says that to her, but like, he's and by the end her. of the movie, you see everybody likes him. He likes his neighbors. He's got Chuck. He's got even Dottie won't like leave him alone. But all his friends, all the boys from the bike group, all like everybody he meets, he connects with on some level. And the fact that he says, I'm a loner, it's just it's funny to me. The paradox or the dichotomy of that is interesting to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have he, it's just people... a woman can't can't handle it. <laughs> and he generally is a, like a him himself, his character, likable. Just because you're likable doesn't mean you're a good person, but he is generally. But there are a few moments throughout where like he's not really, and he learns this. I think that's part of the story because he even says as as his journey goes on that he's learned lessons. Yes, and I think well, you know, and I, I get a sense here is like, well, he's not really being very nice to Dottie. She clearly likes him and just wants to go to a movie. Like, come on, yes, throw her frick. He's, yeah. he's helping you out. She's helping you out. Sorry. Um, yeah. So she's obviously he's not reciprocating. Give her a break. Uh, yes. But uh, that's okay. We're nobody's perfect. Uh, I mean, Pee Wee. So, but it. Uh, well, it I is, think you know. I, I, for better or for worse, I've been uh, a person that is sometimes a little bit uh, at arm's length from people that try and love me. So. Yes. Yeah. I get. Yeah. I mean, same here. So I mean, we're all and we're all good people. <laughs> that's right. Um, I like that when he realizes this happens like three times in the movie but when he realizes he comes out and his bike is stolen his reaction is to knock over other bikes <laughs> three times in this movie he knocks over like a ton of bikes like his bike is the only yes. important bike there is and everything else is like expendable and i think it's That's just kind of a, clear. again a subtle clever undercurrent of the movie is like uh it's it's a subtle sight gag that he keeps dumping every other bike in the movie as if they're kind of garbage and that makes me chuckle it also reminds me of uh, a movie i love called better off dead where uh after his bike is stolen he's sitting around looking around and realizes that every single person <laughs> is on a bike and that's how it can be i think in your brain you know it's like i just broke up with somebody so all i hear are sad love yeah. songs which is what happens in beverly <laughs> in uh, better off dead and it's like i miss my bike i want my bike and god everybody's got a goddamn bike like this is too much uh i think it's just a it's a it's a, it's a funny scene and i thought fairly um clever for how that is kind of conveys its point uh i want to ask you phil is how often does retracing your steps work Everyone says retrace, you lose something, you retrace your steps. Does it work for you? I'd say it's got a 98, 98% success rate. <laughs> oh, please. 50% tops, <laughs> 98%. It's been a long time since so I've retraced my steps, my man. Uh, so yeah, I, clearly. I can't speak to it, but you're right. It's the, it's the classic line of, I lost my comb. Oh, well, where'd you last see it? Well, if I knew that, <laughs> I knew I know it wouldn't be yeah. lost. Exactly. So it does sur surprise me like that. What a scene that I absolutely love is the you mentioned it earlier, the basement scene where he's going over all the evidence because the cops can't help him. Did you like that scene? You? Because I was like, this is 
a pretty broad scene where you're kind of in it, like you kind of have to be with it or not. But everything yeah. in this scene, I absolutely loved. I'm on the fence on that one, Phil. Now we're we're coming off a pretty strong scene with Francis in the bathtub. Yes, 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 yes. So, I mean, it's got some pretty big shoes to fill. The movie's doing pretty well now. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I didn't. I did. I didn't love it. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't love it. But okay. I watched it a second time. I, I know I didn't. I didn't say I disliked it either. So there's certain things. I don't know. I I, I I'm still the verdict's still out. <laughs> Classic the jury, Dave, right on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's funny. My mom, my mom has five, had five sisters, right? So big family, all 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 girls, and she's Certainly. constantly being told by one of her sisters when they talk and have opinions that my mom is always on the fence. Yeah. Uh, but, but her sister's like, you're on the fence. You just you don't take a side, and because she doesn't like to take a side, <laughs> right? Between between sisters, she wants to stay neutral, like Switzerland. So I think that's where I get my on the fence sort of attitude and. Uh, it's from it's from my mom so who didn't let me watch right. peewee's playhouse so there that's you go. right <laughs> uh, she took away from you as much as she gave <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so i think it at some points in that scene i sort of felt like the characters that were there as like oh my god yeah. this is boring and brutal when are we gonna get to this and then his outburst was like oh, okay this guy's a little bit off like there's something wrong with this kid, uh, this boy, oh, this yeah. man, whatever you want to this call man. him. He's a man. And He's a man. at the same time, yeah, at the same time, other than all the characters being like bored, they're not like upset with him. No, no, the they're outburst. with him, right? They're like, we're here for you, yeah. we Like they're down. Yeah. I just got such a kick out of the evidence. And he's like, here's a photo. And it's like just him and a bike smiling. And here's another one, and it's just yes, him without, without a bike, bike yeah. frowning. Like, and something a, as basic as that. And here's yeah. a pen. What's the significance? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Exhibit Z, you know, like, it's just like he's gone through all of this stuff, and none of it makes any sense. And there's there's just, I just laughed the whole time. Every time he said a new thing, or he brought out a new piece of evidence, uh, it's like here's a scale model of the mall. Like he's this is what he's chosen to do yeah. his time. Like it just it's so silly that I just I couldn't help but I, I just laughed my ass off throughout that entire three or four minutes. I just thought how clever and funny this all is. I can see that. I think I was and just knitting, more kind of upset. And knitting and knitting and knitting. Right. Yeah. Like it just is. It's just like it's so silly that I couldn't help but get completely enraptured by it. I was just upset at how he, how he just. Got upset with Dottie at the end. That's all. Got just kind of, you know, it's upsetting. Got a little soft spot for Dottie. I, I do because she's a nice woman. And he's clearly, you know, he doesn't have to like marry her or, or date her, but I think he should be a little more kind. That's all I'm saying. I think that's. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't disagree. I think that that's right. Okay. I think the world would be better if uh, we were nicer to the Dotties of the world. That's a little PSA <laughs> from off the shelf. Yeah, Dotties <laughs> and uh, or the Dorothys. Um, then, right. uh, yeah. So yeah, I can appreciate the scene. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It is a a pretty big scene, uh, like uh, like from a filmatic perspective. Like it's the way it's set up and and so forth and so on. And uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Like I said, it was a bunch of clever stuff. What I think is, you know, that's sort of the end of one sequence, and then he's sort of. When he goes to find the fortune teller, 
and he's just walking in the in the dark in the rain and he just oh, snarls big, yeah. <laughs> yeah big big shadow around the corner just to have some fun with that and then yeah and then that yeah yeah it, it's and just then he goes, it, i don't know man i love i just ate it up i just found myself right in the pocket for this kind of stuff that's good i, I, I couldn't glad, get enough you know, of it i'm always happy to hear that you're enjoying yourself phil that's very important to me, and that's <laughs> Thanks, why I buddy. I offer you so many good movies, so you that's I can right, you just gift. aid in in, in that. Uh, so, and then he gets to the fortune teller. Yes, and what a hack! Yeah, well, I guess they all <laughs> are. I don't fortune know. I don't, teller. Uh, I don't really dwell dive into that sort of world. Obviously, they're a little skeptical about it. Uh, but anyways, we, we're not going to get into that. But I, thought, I think it's kind of funny how they play with that and he, he just has his wallet. Yeah. Um, he's just so naive. He he's just, uh, it's, again, a childlike yeah. wonder that he's like, okay. And so she's like, I see a bike. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And his eyes and his <laughs> performance, I think, is just so great. It's in the Alamo in the basement. Okay, I'm just going to go to yeah, Alamo. Like, go. I just, I'm going to go to yeah. Texas. What? Okay. Uh, I think there, I think there is something to a fortune teller. I do actually want to speak about it for thirty seconds. I think they they do they do have an ability to to take something that they know will sort of allow you uh, to connect and kind of and they just sort of lead you there. And, and then you, oh yeah, and you, you would have been there anyways. Like you don't need I don't know. I, I think there is a a talent there. I just don't think you're they're clearly any sort of no the, the talent. <laughs> <laughs> the talent is the con. The talent isn't you have any special powers. The special power is that you can con people. That you can you're a carny. That you can you can manipulate the mark. So the guy that walks sure. in is clearly a mark. And so the talent is the ability to frankly rip him off. And uh, yeah. but not anyone can do I, that. It, it takes talent. No, to be I agree. That. Yeah, hundred percent. And you have to read people. You have to sort of. So there's you're basically using people's skills and you're using good talents for evil is what you're doing yeah basically for self-gain right you're just sort of taking your uh your abilities and and, and using them for ill uh the interrogative uh, kind of way to do it I, I i am impressed by it but yeah there's no way i would ever even walk in the joint because uh they would read me like a book <laughs> yes they Mom? would okay you're right you have all the money <laughs> yeah. you want you know that's just uh, yeah i would just lap it up well it, it's like hor- <laughs> it's like it's like horoscopes. If they say enough things, one of them is bound to be right. They'll 100%. say like you know thirty things, like oh yeah, and really like nine of them didn't apply to you, but that one did. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I am, I am that way. Shoot, that's right. Uh, you really got me. You really nailed me. And then, <laughs> you know, you would never get a horoscope that read "Don't leave the house today." Mm-hmm. None of them are ever that dark. It's always just like. Uh, enjoy the day. It'll have new wonder or whatever. You know, like okay, like, yeah. Especially the Chinese. It's all vague. They Chinese keep it real positive. The yeah, cookie, sure. So all about the cookie. Uh, absolutely, you're you're full. You you want a little little bite. Uh, <laughs> I hate the so cookie get, itself, but I love what's inside. But yeah, we get to the hitchhiker. Oh yeah, I believe I is that the, correct? The hitchhiker, absolutely. He well, Pee Wee's hitchhiking. He's now got a mission. He's got a plot. Yeah. in place. Uh, about forty ish minutes into the movie. He's got to go. So it turns into, after this other kind of comedy, silly, goofy stuff, it turns into a bit of a road movie. And so now we've got yes. him hitting the road Boat and trip. bumps into this criminal who's done perhaps the worst thing you could do as a... As a, as a, as a he pulled... He, he was wanted 
for pulling the mattress tags off of all the mattresses. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I knew it was something stupid. Uh, it's so funny because it's that. like it's such an easy joke. But the fact that they take that joke to the nth degree, it's not just I did it, but I did it and now I'm on the run from the cops. I'm a vagrant. <laughs> you know, I, I'm on a police chase. All of that is like it just takes the joke and takes it to the to the final end and i think that that's just it's it's that type of movie and it continues to show those kinds of things and i'm i'm like i said i'm really taken by it i thought i thought the guy was good i like the idea yeah. that that that's why and he's like you don't like me i'm i got a real bad temper i'm a loner right it's the same speech that <laughs> that peewee gave to Dottie earlier and i think that all of that is just really really funny to me i thought it was jimmy smits for a second oh Wow, interesting. You don't think the gentleman looks a little bit like Jimmy Smits? No? Not at all. This looks like a yeah, Caucasian, and Jimmy Smits is very much uh, a Latino. <laughs> well, Phil, I don't make those sort of distinctions, okay? To me, it looked like <laughs> Jimmy Smits. I'm saying this is a whole other section of the movie. Uh, it it kind of had a moment there. It took a little bit long for him to get a ride. Oh, so, yeah, sure. He I, falls asleep I, I, on the side of the road. Yeah. I don't know if that was necessary. It did get a little bit bored for a moment there. I think because this movie's going at a pretty good clip and it, you know, it's delivering some good stuff and it just sort of slowed down unnecessarily for me a little bit. But then once he gets uh, with Jimmy, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, I felt uh, I, I appreciated that. It didn't last long. It really it feels like it was longer than it was, but it was only – you know, five minutes. It felt like yeah, I don't know it was the long. actual. Yeah, but I, I love their, uh, you know, coming up <laughs> of the police, the roadblock, and their little, their the plan they hatched to to get out of that. I thought that was that so was interesting, funny. and they, yeah, it's just funny, and they played it well. It's, you know, obviously weird that the police officer wanted Peewee to get out of the car yeah. just to get a better look at her, her him you know i thought that was <laughs> just weird and interesting yeah, and funny a little awkward yeah, uh, yeah yeah but you know it's all in fun so i thought that was a generally i thought that was a good scene one of my favorite scenes absolutely absolutely and then really what comes down to really one of the most memorable scenes i know people that are still kind of haunted by the story of large marge uh, oh yeah were you were you terrified no, not at all. Why should I have been a mo- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I get it. My, my, been... my friend talks about that scene, and I remember it vividly as being like chilling when, when she says, look like this, and the stop motion animation, the face turns oh. all mangled and creepy. It was like <laughs> when we were like five, six, seven years old, it was terrifying. Um, oh, now like Poltergeist. Just, remember. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the scene yeah, with the exactly. face melting or That's whatever. Right. Yeah, so it. yeah. I get, get it, it, buddy. Didn't uh, sleep for weeks. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. That scene, especially coming off the Jimmy Smith section, the, the scene <laughs> didn't. Uh, it was fine, but uh, yeah, I, there, I think there's some parts of this movie where you're certainly better off being a five, six year old watching this to really kind of have yeah. those moments. I think uh, it doesn't hurt it for me as an adult. It's just like you know, okay, that's, yeah, that's cool. fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then we get the dinosaur scene. Where they're sort of at the dinosaur park, and you meet Simone. Oh, with Simone, Simone, yeah, and Andy, yeah, and she wants yep. to go to Paris, I of believe. Bien sûr. She's, he seems to like her. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. At least as a friend. Too. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I guess it's like I mean I've I've done that where someone likes you because they like you, you don't like them, 
and then you like somebody yeah, because they don't like you. It's just <laughs> this makes you no probably sense. have more experience with that one, I suspect. Yes, much I do. <laughs> I have a long, long list of women I liked and they, they did not like me. <laughs> me too. You can listen to any of the therapy episodes that we have out there to explain my yeah. childhood and teenage yeah. years. <laughs> exactly. And we're not gonna. We won't dwell any, any deeper into we'll that this episode. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you get that, and they have a, a nice little a little moment there, and and a dream sequence, or no, I guess the dream sequence might have been on the train, but uh, with the yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, I kind of I thought it was cute. The dinosaur. I just think that the all the dream sequence, all the animation, all that is that to me is where is where Tim Burton takes over. Right, like the, the story, the plot, oh, yeah. the character—that's all Pee-wee. But the opportunities to do Large Marge, to do the dinosaur sequence, to later do the clowns surgery—like mm-hmm. yes. these are Tim Burton showcase moments that I don't think entirely. Obviously, everything kind of came from from Paul Rubens. Like I'm not discounting it, but it's a real opportunity to let Burton kind of do what he ended up being known for in his later years. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to see it in the early early stages here. I think for me, I didn't incredibly enjoy it because watching this now after seeing seeing Big Fish, uh, Mm -hmm. Beetlejuice, and like for me, it's not new, right? I appreciate it because it's his first movie and he's just getting his feet wet and he's doing some fun things. But as a for as a viewer, I'm like, oh, I've seen this all before, and it's actually more tame. Like I would, I, I loved Big Fish with what he did with that and the exaggerated stories of uh eddie was it ed bob edmund uh edward whatever bloom. his name edward bloom that's it that's pretty good i'm impressed i remember yeah, it was yeah, ed you did you did well yeah. yeah yeah uh so i think it's it's not as good as that so i'm like yes it's it's imaginative but it's something i'd seen before on a bigger scale on a fancier scale so it didn't do a whole lot for me but i appreciate it I did. Don't get me wrong. Let's be clear. Oh, I, I'm. It's. I'm. We're very clear. I think the record stays. Like I didn't appreciate it as much as Jan Hooks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Jan Hooks, the uh, Alamo tour. <laughs> uh, that was a nice treat, considering the <laughs> Phil Hartman uh, connection there on SNL. Yeah, love her. She's yeah, great. yeah. It's a lot about corn. Yeah, I, I love the tour. In... I think it's so silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. And, but the intention is for it to be boring. That it's funny. That it's so boring. But it's still yeah. boring. But funny, and the most like ob- 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 obnoxious stories. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's nothing yeah. of interest, right? Like it's sort oh, of. No. And this is where they and made they're... corn husks. You're like, what? You're at the Alamo yeah. for God's sake! Like none of this. Like no one would care, right? But it's sort of part yeah. of the thing. It's that's really the funny, joke. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the joke. Uh, I love cream corn. I do want to go on record and saying out of all the ways. You can ingest corn. As much as I love it on the cob, I do like cream corn. But I do think having just said corn cob, I think ultimately corn on the cob is the best. Would you agree? Yeah, What's your best way to bring think, in corn? I, I, think, I think cream... cream, cream uh, <laughs> I think creamed corn is probably the worst possible way to discuss a, a oh. corn, personally. Well... Uh, we're at the bar. What are your thoughts on the bar? Tequila. This is a, 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 a moment that has stuck with me as well. There, we've talked before about certain pieces of this movie that that flooded back as I watched it. I couldn't remember every single detail, but uh, the breakfast scene and this one were two that really did stick out in large March, of course. Uh, what are your thoughts around here where we get the uh, 
Stranger in a Strange Land, uh, Pee-wee at the Biker Bar. Okay, at the Biker Bar. Here we go. Um, I have to say, you know, I, I'm not a, I did not like it at all. The dance, if we, specifically, I did not like so, the dance at all. Wow. I oh thought it was God, terrible. I couldn't wait till it I couldn't wait till it was over. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was just dumb. Okay. I got nothing out of it. Dave's I off the maybe fence, I, folks. I am off the fence, mom. <laughs> <laughs> he, up to this point and um you know he has a moment where he, he you know he's a cowboy, he has a you know a moment there. That's kind of funny. He talks on the phone with Dottie for a little bit. And he's learning his lesson and then he gets to this biker bar. And um, yeah, I just I didn't nothing I liked about it. I was like, this is dumb. And what am I missing? I like I, I thought I was the problem. And like, yeah, that's I just I don't, think you are. I don't find those. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Like, what 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 is what is so funny about this? What's so funny uh, about I him just, doing a sh- stupid little dance? I, don't I get think it. it's what it's the type of dance. It's like the silliest version of a dance, and it's the way he endears himself. It's all about the surreality of it to me, right? It's. It's from the beginning where he gets upset with him. I'm trying to use the phone, and then they're talking about all the ways they're gonna like kill him, disembowel him, or whatever That's okay. else. And he I don't he mind throws that, in that the part. like I say we leave him alone, which is That's just funny. hilarious. That's funny. I'll give it that. And his last resort is this: I'm gonna entertain, and he's obviously d- d- displayed throughout the rest of the movie that he's he's kind of a man child. Obviously, he doesn't have like a skill set or whatever else, but. The fact that it's this song, this dance, that somehow can endear himself to a bunch of bikers, there's something just inherently funny to me about that. And the type of dance is so simplistic and silly that I remember doing that when I was a kid. Oh, That's the dance yeah. because it's just such a it's it's so simple and silly and fun that how yeah. would you combat a bunch of angry biker dudes but play a song called Tequila and dance like that? I don't know. If, uh, for the same reasons that you wonder why it doesn't work, uh, I kind of wonder why it does work. <laughs> it just depends on, on perspective. I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I really enjoyed it. It does drag out I a little long. Of- it probably didn't need to be the full song necessarily, uh, but I really dug it. I like the shoes. Like All of it just feels so strangely bizarre to me. Uh, I hate. Well, I think part of the problem is I hate the song. Mm, and every time... Good. You know, there's certain songs and certain things that, that, no, not helpful, that are out there in, in pop culture and it's repetitive and you've seen it. And I'm just like, one thing I hate is when people do the Jeopardy music, when someone's oh, thinking, sure. yeah. do, 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 like, F off. Like, I hate that. Like, it's so, like, predictable. Like, come on. Like, it's been done to death. So that's sort of my feeling around the song part of it. I just hate that song. And then I just didn't like the dancing that went in it. I thought it was funny the guy takes off the shoes and he's much shorter. And the stuff before it I like. And I like the knocking over of the bikes. It's just, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. I, sorry. No, don't gotta, apologize. Gotta be That's honest. Fine. I got a kick out of it. But uh, <laughs> obviously this movie is not for everybody and, and certain elements. Not everything can be perfect. I just, I got a kick out of it. I remember loving it as a kid. And maybe that helps uh, sell it uh, as an adult now. Um, yeah. I'm stuck. I'm happy you're enjoying yourself again. So that's good. Sure. And I, yeah, I do get a kick again. We get another example of the of the bikes being uh, uh, kicked over, and um, on a bigger scale. Yeah. That's right. And we the, we talked a little bit already about the the clown dream. That was creepy to me. Everything about that sequence was, was like was Jesus. Creepy. This is. 
I remember, I don't remember watching it as a kid, but maybe because I blocked it out. Because that sequence is genuinely kind of really off-putting and creepy. I, I, I did not enjoy it as an adult. But for like, not because I wasn't enjoying it, but rather I was unnerved, I, I was unnerved by it. Yeah, I would agree. You know how I, I don't like that stuff anyways. For so, sure. Uh, I almost feel like I, I kind of tuned out a bit for that. Because I don't really remember it that well. So I feel... I think I had a, something happened to me as a kid with clowns, I think. So I just kind of blocked that part out and I got on and moved on. I wrote okay. down Dream Sequence and then I got right. Then my next note after that's Wonder Years. So I kind of tuned out Okay. for, for a little bit because okay. the great Jason <laughs> Hervey uh, in the same year, of course, was in Back to the Future. And here he is Very again. True. So he's a busy, a busy boy. And you can see why he he had a great performance. Yeah, I thought he was great in, in this small part of this movie. If I'm not, did you watch the Wonder ahead. Years? I love the Wonder Years. Um, uh, no, I know, I know the names. But Winnie, uh, the other kid who people claimed for a while was Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, but yeah. that was Paul, him as a Paul kid. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know why that was a rumor. Yeah. Uh, not really. No, I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember much of it. I don't think I tuned into it on a week to week basis. Just more new of the characters and maybe we'll caught just, 10 minutes here or there. Sounds good. We'll probably just cut that out then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not interesting. Did you watch the one? Well, no. no. All right. No, I didn't. Uh, then yeah. Forget I asked. I don't know why uh, you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love Jason Hervey. I loved him in the Wonder Years, but really. What ended up happening years and years later, as I mentioned maybe a couple times on here, I was a really big wrestling fan as a young as a young guy, and he ended yes, up being are. on some wrestling TV at some point. I remember thinking, "Holy shit, that's Jason Hervey!" And uh, of course, listeners can uh, uh, listen to our Monster Squad episode uh, where we uh, where we uh, talk about Jason yeah. Hervey as well, playing a bully, not too dissimilar to Did the bully he, he plays e- in this movie. Yeah, didn't he drop the F, uh, one of the F words in uh, I believe Monster he did. Squad? Didn't I believe he did, and he well. stepped on the Snicker, the sn- <laughs> Snickers bar uh, as well, made yeah. fun of the fat kid. Uh, so, yeah, what a yeah, jerk. Yeah, he was a uh, real jerk in this, and he, but he, he killed it. It was a great performance. Oh, he's fantastic. And the duality, and like kind of nice guy on camera and asshole after, otherwise. And he was kind of a jerk <laughs> in Wonder Years, too. This uh, Wayne was a jerk in that show, yeah, too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's just that kind brother, of typecasting. Yeah. Now, one of the things I loved about this movie when I was younger, and still do, is the uh, is the back lot. So we obviously just saw Hervey kind of realizes Pee Wee does that the bike is on the Warner Brother back lot, and we get yep, yep. a little bit of movie magic. And as a young kid, kind of obsessed with movies, it was the perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to see what you know obviously it's not real real but it's at least some sense of what the movie world looks like where it is matte paintings and it is sets and it is monsters uh, with guys in suits and so forth uh, i love this whole sequence the chase sequence through warner brothers lots and all the different the uh, the the funny play with the voice and the and the the girl having the man oh, voice yeah. and the man just something kind well, of yeah, silly but vice versa uh having some fun yeah, with that it's okay we, Moving the scrim and having them walk, you know, drive through it as if it's like an old uh, Looney Tunes like. cartoons, you know. Um, yes, I appreciated that. Yeah, and some action, uh, right? It kind of, it kind of picked yeah. up the pace a bit. I, I'm not gonna lie, I had, I had some moments like uh, this movie came in strong for me at the beginning. I did lose for me anyway. Lost a little bit along the way, along the okay. journey. Okay. And um, especially, you know, with that, uh, I don't know if we, if we were talking about that tequila song. I don't know if you remember that part, but uh, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> 
And so I think this co- sort of injected a little bit of energy back into the movie for me uh, watching it. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And it kind of picked up. Yeah, uh, yeah. We get to see the so James Bond nice. stuff. You get to see the handle that uh, the disappearing, reappearing handle that he clever, gets to employ. Yeah. Classic. The, uh, sort of oil yep, slick. Yep. All the bike tricks I thought were really clever and a nice callback to the to the to the modifications that's been working on. I love that. Hundred percent. We get to see the beach movie, the Christmas movie, the yeah kind yeah. of monster movie it's, Godzilla, and we get a Twisted Sister yeah. music video. Uh, yes, Tarzan. I like that part too. That was funny. That was I, like so good. The people in that music video, music video was like, oh my god, this is so eighties. So 80s. Twisted like, Sister, one of the great 80s metal bands. Yeah. I was such a fan back in the, the day. Outfits. We're not going to take it. And, uh, yeah. Man. Just the yeah. outfits and the and the mannerisms and the facial expressions. So like, oh, this is great. This is great. Yeah. Good old D. Uh, Snyder. Yeah. So he yeah, he, yeah. he escapes the movie theater and then he, he the next scene, like literally like as soon as he had another movie theater, the movie's set, uh, he has the bike, he's achieved his goals, he's accomplished everything, and then the next sequence is saving the animals. And I thought that was oh, uh, yes. yeah. kind of funny to me by the yeah. uh he as soon as he has it, mm-hmm. he's a loner, but he's you know, he's like, I'm a rebel and I'm a loner, I don't have any feelings or whatever. But he goes and stops and saves all the dying animals in this pet store. And every time he walks into the, the joint snakes. again, he hates snakes, he gives them this this look five times. Uh <laughs> it's and that's what this movie I think really does well is is that childish nature of the I know you one what am I over and over and over again and knitting and knitting and knitting. To the point where it's like it goes from funny to sort of not funny, and then kind of back to funny eventually, and uh, and that's, that's how I felt about this scene. It's right, uh, but yeah. that's how I felt about that scene. I really, I really dug it, and then uh, it's it's a bit like non sequitur of the movie, which is unfortunate, you know, kind of how the movie plays. It's it's a bunch of scenes sequences, uh, but I, I really like the the way that they kind of play it up over and over again. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said a little bit earlier, uh, I, I would have to say, if I was going to be honest with you, Phil, and, I, and I, I like to be honest with you, I think you deserve the truth. Is Not just for me, buddy, the I, listeners. <laughs> I owe it to them. I, I, I enjoyed the first half of this movie. I, I wouldn't say significantly more, but okay. somewhat more than the second half of the movie. Uh, I felt this scene in particular went on a little bit too long. I don't think it takes that long to get a, the firefighters to get there. But anyway, just get, kept going in, coming out. Yeah, I did okay. appreciate the snake bit. So I'm yeah. not saying it is a funny bit. I just think it just took too long for uh, uh, for a, a little payoff. The payoff wasn't big enough for the time it took, in my opinion. Understood. Uh, but that that's just my opinion. So and that's uh, I'm entitled to it. I just want uh, you to know that. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then we get uh, really the finale, this sort of the agreement between Warner Brothers and he that that allow him to uh, that they want to buy yes. his story. And uh, we get a few minutes of Pee-wee's big adventure as brought to the screen by uh, Josh uh, Brolin, uh, James yeah, Brolin and Morgan and uh, Morgan Fairchild, Morgan Fairchild, a classic 80s bastions, both. Uh, hot, I love that eh? sequence too. I got a real big kick out of that. Uh, how how good and bad the casting is of those actors. Like it's just such a great choice to to make it so sort of self serious. I really got a kick out of that. Were you kind of into it or no? At that point, were you? Totally yeah, no, I I liked the, no, I liked those characters. Like that's probably what brought me back in. Okay. Uh, the the whole idea of making this his life a movie 
at this point, you know what you're dealing with plot-wise. Yeah. So that was perfectly fine, and I thought that was fun. I, I think Morgan Fairchild, you know, easy on the eyes. Of course. Uh, Brolin, and I think it's just funny. It's just funny to have such those characters play what we just saw, right, for the last hour and a half, uh, portrayed by those characters in that manner. I thought it was pretty clever. Having his having the movie in the movie was yeah. an interesting choice, and it's been done before. Didn't hate it, didn't love it, but I thought it was fine, generally. Uh, but I did particularly like just the moments of, of, of Brolin and Fairchild. I, I appreciated that. Not a big fan of him stopping pausing i thought this it just kind of slowed down the movie for me when he was just walking across the theater or the the oh, okay. not the theater but the the drive-in the, well, drive-in yeah the drive-in and it just sort of i don't know just slowed things down for me he'd stop watch for a little bit and it's just okay i don't need that just give me give me everything give me the whole fake movie all together and, and show that to me i didn't need him stopping and giving food though i did appreciate the box seats comment by the train yes. uh, hobo, if yep. I can say that. Of course. <laughs> so, but what I like, what I like most about that's hilarious. What I like most about that is uh, I loved the actual Pee Wee in the movie as the concierge there at the hotel, and he's like looking uh, yeah, at the camera yeah, yeah. and walking past and always trying to you know get yes. in the scene or whatever. I thought that was really clever for that subtle that. Yeah. background humor. But what I love most I, about I'd the seen scene, that scene before. Oh really? Sorry, I didn't I mean to cut you off. I had seen it. I didn't know what what, what it was from. Like, oh, okay. What scene okay. is that that he played somebody other than Pee Wee Herman? And it was just that moment in this scene. I'm like, gotcha. ah, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. What I love most about the scenes that you that, that you don't is, it, to me, it, it just fulfills the arc of the movie, which is his belief or statement that he's a loner and he's trouble and don't, don't get close to him. We get to revisit his relationship with everybody. It's not too dissimilar to the ending of Big Fish, where we, we've we now lived this movie with this character, and as he's now watching his movie on the screen with his bike, he walks in and, he, yeah. and we get to see the hobo he met. We get to meet Simone and, and her new boyfriend she met in France. Uh, we get to see boat. Dottie. Yep. We get to see... The BMX kids. We get to see Chuck. We get to see the magi- you know the magic shop. We get just to see all the characters from the movie, even Francis. And that to me is That's is, a, true, is yeah. it's another one of those reconnections to the themes of the movie, maybe, which is that none of us are alone, and and that you know that that it is okay and normal to you know kind of be weird or whatever else. Like all these people, he just went through this whole thing. They had the crazy meeting. He's lived this crazy adventure, and he's still thoughtlessly. And selflessly giving candy out to his friends and enjoying the movie with Dottie. Like I, I, I think it's an incredibly sweet way to end the movie, and a nice way to kind of revisit the whole each beat of the movie. I, I was really taken by it. I really loved the uh, the ending. So if you could describe it in one word, you would say sweet. Would you say? <laughs> I it would. I think it would be sweet. Yeah, I would. I would put it in the sweet category okay. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I see. I and I see what you're saying, Phil. I really do. I don't, I'm not going to disagree. I, I think what you're saying, it's all there. And I know what they're trying to do. And I loved it in Big Fish, if you recall. Yeah, I do. I think I did. You did. I think for myself, because because of 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 what the movie's done for me in the last like half hour, I was sort of, like you mentioned, I was a little bit out of it. And yeah. I think I was too close to wanting it to be done. Uh, okay. So I, I, that's why I just wanted to see the, <laughs> the Morgan Fairchild 
Josh Brolin. And okay, okay, let me finish with that. And that's it. I didn't. I guess I didn't need. I didn't want the other part because I was sort of not. I want. I don't want to say checked out of the movie because I think that's a bit of a harsh term. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was. It was sort of. Uh, it was all pretty much kind of over. I the journey I was on was like okay, I'm I'm done. Okay, I got my my fulfillment of Pee Wee now. Okay, I, I don't want any more Pee Wee Herman because he didn't. As I said at the beginning of the film, he didn't annoy me. Uh, like he could, because I can see that coming across that way is a little obnoxious. And maybe I was a little afraid if I have much more PB on the screen now that I might feel that way. So it's okay. kind of getting close. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's all right. I'm good. <laughs> I have enough PB now. I'm, I'm satisfied. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't want any more. Let's, let's, let's wrap this up. And, uh, and maybe I just want to see more Morgan Fairchild. That's, that is possible as well. Well, that's fair. You know. That's not too dissimilar. Uh, I, I did happen to watch a, uh, an old Siskel and Ebert hidden gems uh, episode, and uh, that was Ebert's belief was that uh, the character of Pee Wee was good in smaller doses, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, not. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I think Siskel actually said that smaller doses was it Siskel? Been fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me and Siskel were often on the same page in a lot mm. of reviews. So. Yeah, he's he's an idiot. Check, well, that makes sense. Check the archives. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what's strange about that? Actually, I watched this episode and and. It's like hidden gems, and three of them are really just about like horny old men. They're like, I like this movie because of there's nudity. Uh, it's really oh, ridiculous, wow. actually. It's really quite silly. <laughs> like, oh, you like this movie because Bo Derrickson? Like, well, yeah, maybe. I'm like, okay. Um, well, anyway, I, Tommy Boy. <laughs> damn Tommy Boy. Uh, so yeah, that's it. I, 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 it was a nice opportunity for me to revisit uh, my youth, as it were. I felt like. Uh, it was a showcase and a highlight of Paul Rubin's uh, perform uh, talents and gifts, as it were. I thought to create that character out of nowhere uh, and have it be persevere as long as it did in in, in many different media is uh, an impressive feat. No matter who you are, the fact that, as you say at the beginning, we, I can say Pee Wee Herman, and even if you've never seen the show or know the or watched the movie, you have many people have an idea as to what that character is whether it looked like or whatever so that's ability that's a talent that is impressive and i thought this movie harnessing the benefits and the talents of tim burton and uh danny elfman really combined to make this a a a pretty special watch i I don't know if i'm going to watch it again next week next month um but i am pleased that it's there uh and that's you know one of the great things about movies and and they talk about this a little bit in the in the excellent movie of a couple, last year, Babylon, where uh, it lasts mm-hmm. longer than anybody that's ever going to be on the screen. And uh, so for Paul Rubens and Pee Wee Herman, I think this is a great sort of legacy to leave behind that uh, anybody can discover it and uh, and really marvel in some really genius and strange and unique uh, comedic gifts. So uh, I'm happy we watched it and I'm happy it's on the shelf. Well, I feel like I would say I wouldn't disagree with a lot of things uh, that you just said because I don't want any trouble. I'm not looking for it. Uh, but I, I've always been curious to know what it was all about. Uh, obviously, he has a lot of fans. Was not a fan, not because I didn't like them, just because I wasn't exposed to him. Uh, so I've always sort of wondered what all the fuss was about this character. And like, I don't know. He just seems kind of weird and like childish and like i don't know why people like this character i don't know i I don't get it i don't understand it i'm glad that you brought it off your shelf because now i know and i think it's really funny 
interesting of where where I landed because I was expecting to love or hate him. Because I always, in the back of my mind, I thought, I don't think I'm going to like Pee Wee Herman. Okay. Not him, the person, like Paul sure. Rubens. I, I don't think that, that comedy is for me. I know what I like. Uh, you know, we have great movies like Almost Heroes. Oh, my God. Tommy Boy. Sure, the classics. <laughs> By G- the gems. Uh, you know, but no, but what the comedies I like, and I just don't think that that was anywhere near what I would have liked. So I, I did find it quite intriguing that I landed somewhere in the middle. Generally liked the film. I liked how it came out of the gate, and I, I, I did feel it lost a little bit of steam. It was a little bit messy. Uh, That's fair. But generally, I mean, it, it's entertaining for a select audience. There's people that, that find him funny, and now, the, uh, now that I've seen it, I can sort of understand why people liked him and liked mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman, the character, more as a kid. And I think as an adult, it's a great way to tap into some some childhood memories that are quite fond, satisfying my curiosity more than anything else of finally getting a little bit of 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 this character. Because again, I I got twenty minutes maybe in in, in my life of seeing, and that's forty years ago. No, that's yeah. not true. I would have been five, <laughs> but uh, you know, I might have been seven or eight or when five, I saw five, six, it. seven. Yes. Yeah, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I remember the chair for like two seconds and the word of the day, and that's literally all I remember. So, so I had some fun moments. Again, it wasn't a hard watch by any means. Again, another solid hour and a half, right? Of, yeah. uh, of 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 an adventure that had some some fun moments, and for me, I, I have some dull moments as well. And we all know now how I feel about the tequila song. Yes, so yes. I never want to. The jury's out. It's back. I mean, the, the <laughs> verdict's been again. rendered. <laughs> but as, as Paul Rubens as a as a person, uh, I really did enjoy the Conan interview with them. Mm-hmm. So I think he he was a very interesting guy, uh, person with a very like a very good wit about him and very talented. And uh, I'd be interested to know uh, more about him. I know he he went through some legal troubles, and I mean we all make mistakes. I think his character was was so unique, so interesting. And I th- I know he had a lot of support from his fans, and that's uh, that's great to hear. And I think, like you said, uh, it'll live on, and people will remember him as Pee Wee Herman, and 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 the joy that brought to your them as a kid or just kids in general. So I think it's uh, I think it's quite interesting. If I could say one word, unique. <laughs> well, after about a thousand words, I suppose uh, one would be would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll cut it out all out, and I'll just leave the unique part at the end. In <laughs> what do you think, Dave? Unique. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. That was uh, 1985's uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, as I mentioned, it's it's a nice opportunity to revisit uh, Paul Rubin's work. Uh, give it a give it a spin, and let us know what you think over at the Facebook page, uh, off the shelf with Phil and Dave there. And uh, rate the podcast five stars on your pad- podcatcher of choice. That would be uh, beneficial, help uh, spread the word. And certainly uh, share the podcast uh, with anybody that you come across in any adventures that you may have. And uh, when you do, tell them Large Marge <laughs> sent you. <ya. laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night.